You're listening to the New Life Church Sunday Morning Podcast. We're a family of believers in Anderson, Missouri, that want to experience God in a real way, both inside and outside the walls of a building. For more Sunday messages, upcoming events, or to get in touch, visit new-life-church.net. So, for those of you who are serving in Bible school this particular time, let me say thank you on behalf of the children you are serving, because I would love to go back to James Fort Baptist Church and say thank you to those dear people who picked me up in that pickup truck, who shared the word of God with me, who loved me even though I smelled like an animal that had hauled in the back of a pickup truck, and helped me see that God loves me, and that God desired a relationship with me. So thank you on behalf of those kids that you'll be serving for your service in doing this. And on that, on that very thing, that's kind of how I got to the topic of, the, of our discussion today. I have a hard time saying sermon, okay? I'm, forgive me, I just, it's more of a teaching time and I want it to be something that we interact with with one another. And I just, but on that topic, that's kind of how I got to where, what I want to share with you today. Because in that Bible school and in that church where I was growing up, one of the things that I loved were the stories. I'm a storyteller. I'm a storyteller. We all have a story. You know, you've got a beautiful story that God wants to write in your life. Let me just say that on the front end. But the Bible is full of beautiful stories and of inspirational stories and of stories that challenge me, stories that inspire me. Stories that sometimes kind of rebuke me a little bit. And um, I think it was Gary that, it may have been Gary, it may have been Matt, I don't know who was speaking one day, and they were talking about people in the Bible, so many of the stories in the Bible you can find, hey, this person messed up, you know, and this person did this, and, and they're there because we mess up and we can relate to that, Okay. Now, it's hard to find a mess up in the life of Daniel. And I was after, and Gary, I think, maybe it was you, I don't remember now, mentioned Daniel in a sermon. I started going through my mind, okay, is there anybody else in the Bible that I have a hard time thinking of where they messed up? And I came to one of my favorite characters in the Bible, a guy named Caleb. Now, so I, the Lord took me there and said, consider Caleb for a while, Tony. And I have been there for a couple of months, off and on in my studies, really wanting to study the life of Caleb, wanting to understand his life. And that's, that's why we're here today, talking about Caleb. You see three primary verses or passages on the back of the communicator. Those are going to be the primary ones that we go to. And the primary ones, if the Lord tugs on your heart to consider Caleb more deeply, it, it's kind of a starter for you. After this time, to go back and say, okay, I want to consider Caleb too. 
I want to see what in his story might apply to me because there is no way I, in the next few minutes, can adequately cover the life of Caleb with y'all. So my purpose today <clears throat> is to hit it at a high level, to kind of introduce us to this one called Caleb and talk about it for a little bit. Now, before I do that, though, I was, I was thinking about it this week, and, and here's uh, here are my notes this time, okay? Um, I was thinking about it this week, and I thought, okay, so let's do this, but why? What's the point? What do we, what, Tony, as you share this, what do you think God wants us to how, how can we all apply this to our life? And I started, I started just kind of going through and thinking about the path that I'd been on and examining him, and I thought, you know, okay, where does this apply to us? Because we pray, y'all, for this time together. We pray for this time together, the elders and others. We pray for this time together, that the Lord would speak to our hearts and show us something that would help us to walk more closely to him. So... What's the point of this? Well, maybe there's a point of this to the one who is young and the one who's wondering kind of what's next or how did I get into this situation? You'll see that as we talk about this today. Or maybe there's some encouragement here for the one that's here today, like I am prone to land so often, and wondering if the promises that God made are true. When we really get transparent with ourselves, we realize that that's a struggle. That's a, that's a struggle that people have. Or maybe somebody who tried, who obeyed God's direction, who wanted to go, but then was rejected and had the people around and wanted to kill him. You ever been rejected by somebody that you were close to? You ever had a dispute with somebody? Well, you might see this in Caleb's life. Maybe it's to the one who's waiting. God promised it. But man, when's it going to happen? You know? When's it going to happen? The promise of God, I see it. I've tried to be obedient, but when's it going to happen? And maybe it's the one who thinks that God's let him down. Or maybe it's the one who's tired. You ever been tired? Ever been weary? I think there's something for all of us that those things might apply to in the life of Caleb. So who is this guy? We're not going to put the scripture up yet, but if you go to Numbers, if you got your Bible, you might want to turn to Numbers. It's early in the Bible, and we're going to go to chapter 13. But before I put the text on the screen, so who is this guy? Well, Caleb was born into slavery. Yeah, he was born a slave. We don't get to choose where we're born. Caleb was born a slave. God had a purpose for that. Caleb lived 40 years that way. I'm not going to ask how many of you are 40 years or older, uh, but those of you who aren't quite 40 can relate to that, and those of us who have passed 40 can realize that that is actually a pretty long time, you know? 40 years a slave. Caleb experienced God's deliverance. 
He was a slave in Egypt. He was a brickmaker, probably. He saw Moses come in. He saw the plagues. He saw them gather up and get out of there. Beautiful stories, all worthy of a lot of a lot of more detailed study. He watched the waters part. And he walked across the Red Sea. These are experiences in Caleb's life. He'd seen hard times. He'd seen God's deliverance. He was one who was delivered from bondage. Now, for us who, who have a relationship with Jesus Christ, there's obviously another parallel for another time, but I'll, I'll lay it out here anyway. As Christians, we have been delivered from the bondage of sin. We have seen God's hand of deliverance. And we're on a journey. Okay? This is Caleb. Okay? He was from the tribe of Judah. He was the son. He had a father. His father's name was Japuna. Cool name, I think. Okay? <laughs> and if you look in Numbers 13, verses 1 through 3, which we're not going to put on the board, I don't think. Please don't. You'll see you'll see very quickly that he was a chief among them. He was a chief. He was a leader. And he was the head of the people of Israel. So when you think about who this Caleb is, you realize that if you're going to be a chief and you're going to be a leader, you know what you got to do? You got to lead and you got to be respected. And he did these things. So this is Caleb. This is who Caleb is. And he was one of the 12 spies. How many of you have heard the story of the 12 spies? Come on now. Okay. One of the 12 spies. Pretty cool. Pretty powerful. Pretty, pretty sharp guy. So today when we, when we think about this, I said we can't go through the whole story. But we're going to kind of, as we try to capture this, I want us to look at a couple, at a couple of ways. One of them is, what did Caleb think about God? How did God view Caleb? And then kind of, what are the next step? So, we can put it on the screen now. Maybe. Got it. Okay, Numbers chapter 13. I think I've got them out of order back there, guys. Sorry. Bad direction to y'all. My fault. Let's go to Numbers 13, and let's go to, uh, well, actually, it is Numbers 14, isn't it? You guys are right and I'm wrong, so let's do it. Numbers 14, verse 6. And Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Japuna were among those who had spied out the land. So to set the stage for this, to set the stage for this, they got out to the promised land and God told Moses, he said, send some spies in to, to check out this land. It's a good land. I promised you this land. Send some spies out to check out this land. 
sent out the 12 spies. Caleb was one of them. Spies went out. Beautiful land, but no, we can't do it. We can't do it. There are giants in that land. There's no way we can conquer this land. So what were they looking at, the spies who were looking at? The obstacles, the giants, the things that would keep you from going the next step to receiving God's promise. So Moses and Aaron, they got this report, and uh, all the congregation raised a loud cry, and the people wept out, and this is verse 1, and all the people grumbled against Moses and Aaron, they said, we wish we had died in Egypt. Let us choose a leader, I'm skipping down to four, and go back to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces in all the assembly of the congregation of the people of Israel, and Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Japuna, were among those who had spied out the land. They tore their clothes and said to the congregation of the people of Israel, The land which we passed through to spy it out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their protection is removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Then all the congregation said to stone them with stones. So when you, when you think about this, what did Caleb think about God from this passage of Scripture? If you look into verse 14, 6... Um, you'll see that Caleb was grieved by that which grieved God. Caleb was grieved by that which grieved God. I practiced a prayer um, recently, and I found out that it was, it was kind of hard, you know? Um, Lord, help me to love those who you love, love like you love, and help me to hate those things that you hate. Simple, but challenging. Try it this week. Caleb grieved. Caleb grieved. Caleb, look in verse 8 here. Where is it, 8? Back up to 8. Can you back up to eight? If the Lord delights in us, if the Lord delights in us, does the Lord delight in you? This means yes, and this means no. Okay, this is interactive right now. If it's being recorded, they won't see it, so you can answer. This means yes, and this means no. So on the count of three, tell me. One, two, three. Okay. Yes, the Lord delights in you. So, that seems to make this an absolute. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and he will give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. You see, this is a land that has been promised. This is, this is the place where... Uh, 
God had promised Abraham long, long before. They were being delivered. They were being taken to it. I find it curious. I find it curious that this account talks about if the Lord delights in us. And I, I found myself spending some time trying to figure out what that really, how can, how can I apply that to my life? Because sometimes we don't see the promise delivered, you know. And the hard reality is sometimes it's because of what's really in our heart. Sometimes it's because we're really not delighting in the Lord like we should. I hate it. I hate that. I hate it when I wrestle with that. But that's, that's what I see here. So what did Caleb believe about God? Well, he believed that God was a promise keeper. And you can see in, in verse 30 in chapter 13 that he was focused on the inheritance and not the obstacles. It wasn't the giants that were important to Caleb. It was the promise. It was what God had promised. He was grieved by that that grieved God. He believed that God was sovereign. Okay? This piece about delighting. God is God. God is God. I am not. Newsflash, you are not. God is sovereign. As he wills. Just to... To tell you, to jump into another old story, remember uh, the three that were cast into the, into the fire? Even if, even if. See, there is an eternal perspective that God has that we don't have. God sees through an eternal lens, and we're bound by time. We're bound by time. We're bound by this moment or this next moment. God is not. He is eternal. Um, Caleb understood or believed the importance of obedience. He said, only do not rebel against the Lord. Only do not rebel against the Lord. And Caleb understood the necessity of staying focused on our position in Christ. He says here, he says, do not fear the people, for they are bread for us. Do not fear the people, for they are bread for us. So imagine, imagine this, okay? Now you're, you're one of the 12 spies, and you've been sent out on this special mission, and you're strong, you're out there for 40 days. You come back, they give this report, Ten of them just rain on the parade. You stand up. They get the people all rallied against you, and then you have the courage to stand up and say, no, this is what Caleb has shared. And he reminded them. But did it work? Did it work? Didn't work, did it? Didn't work. So what happened next? Well, what happened next was 40 years in the wilderness. <laughs> the 10 spies who gave the bad report, they died pretty quick. <laughs> Anybody who was over, over the age of 20, they kind of, so they didn't make it you know, into the promised land 40 years later. So Caleb is now wandering around with all these people who have wanted to stone him for 40 years in the wilderness. 
Does that sound like a vacation? No. <laughs> no. I mean, I'm not going to sign up for that, y'all. Okay? <clears throat> I would have been tempted, and you can think about what you would have been tempted to do, but if you had been Caleb at that moment and you would said that, <clears throat> I surely wouldn't have wanted to hang out with you. I wouldn't want to share dinner with you. Oh, my goodness. Your kids. Or I'm going to be, because the older people are going to die, but then I'm going to be with your kids for the next 40 years. Fruit doesn't fall far from the tree sometimes. They may be as bad as you. <laughs> but God's not bound by time. God's not. God's timetable is not our timetable. And when we consider Caleb, we realize that Caleb was faithful. Even in those 40 years, Caleb was faithful. I want to I talk quickly about how God saw Caleb. And if you go to Numbers 14, verses 20 through 24. Then the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word. What? Okay. But truly as I live and as all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord, none of the men who have seen my glory and my signs that I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and yet have put me to test these times and have not obeyed my voice shall see the land that I swore to give to their fathers. And none of those who despised me shall see it. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land into which he went, and his descendants shall possess it. You know, as I was studying this, and I, and I kind of went through in my own mind this, this thing of, man, I'm going to have to hang out with all these people for the next 40 years. I tried, I obeyed, I did what I needed to do. And then the Lord showed me this passage as I was studying how God really saw Caleb. But toward the end of the study, there was something else that kind of jumped out at me. This was God affirming his promise again to Caleb. Okay, you're not going now, but you're coming down the road. That was one thing that jumped out at me. And then the other one that really just kind of jumped out at me just recently is God's description here, and this is the rabbit trail, but it'll be a quick one. God's description here of those who didn't claim his promise, who didn't want to go into the promised land. Did you catch the scripture passage where it said, those who despised me? Wow. Wow. It seems as if, and i got to evaluate this more in my own heart, but it seems as if that's a stern reminder to us that if we don't believe God's promises and the truth of those promises, it seems as if it's perceived by him as us despising him. That was free. That's for us just to think about, but that's just free. But how did God see Caleb? Man, I wish God would see me this way all the time. Number one, 
as a servant. Remember? But my servant, Caleb. My servant, Caleb. Folks, that's what it's about. We serve God. That's what he wants us to do. It's what we were created to do. We serve God. God saw Caleb as his servant. God saw Caleb as his servant. God saw Caleb with a different spirit. Did you see that in the passage? My servant Caleb has a different spirit. A different spirit. So I, when I read that and I was kind of examining it, I said, okay, what is that different spirit that God is talking about here that's in Caleb? He has followed me fully. He's followed me fully. And that is challenging. He has followed me fully. God wants us to follow him fully. God wants us to ignore the giants in the land. God wants us to serve him. God wants us to follow him fully, completely. I am, I think it's a human condition for all of us that we kind of want our own way. That's why the apple got the first bite out of it, Kurt. Kurt was reminding me this morning of that. Um, that's how the bite came out of it, maybe. We choose our own as opposed to God's path. Caleb had a different spirit. Caleb was a servant. He followed the Lord fully. And you know what? God saw him that way. It's not that he faked everybody else out, you know, and had everybody else thinking that he did this. God saw him that way. And then the other thing that God saw in Caleb was he was a recipient of the promise. Recipient of the promise. So how did this all work out? You know, 40 years later, what happened? Joshua 14, verses 6 through 14. Let's go there. <clears throat> so, so where this takes place, I've jumped from Numbers into Joshua now. If you read the rest of the book of Numbers, you're going to see all the crazy things that the children of Israel did when they were wandering around. You're going to see how God dealt with them. And, and now we're going to go to Joshua. And what, here's what you see. Hey, the 40 years is up. It's time to go in. It's, we're going to possess the land. We're going to divide it up. This, this time has come. So how old would Caleb be now? 80, 85, some people said. He's pretty spry for an 85-year-old still, okay? But he had wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. And the people of Judah came to Joshua at Gilgal. And Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God in Kadesh Barnea, concerning you and me. 
Joshua is claiming the promise. Joshua is claiming the promise. Friends, when we're up against it, we need to claim the promise. We need to go to the word. We need to claim the promise. We need to remind ourselves and others that God is who he said he is and that the promise is ours to claim. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I, w and I brought him word again as it was in my heart. But my brothers who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. Yet I wholly followed the Lord my God. That phrase, wholly followed the Lord my God. Listen to that in the next few verses here. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land on which your foot is trodden shall be, your be an inheritance for you and your children forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, just as he said these 45 years since the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses. While Israel walked in the wilderness, and now... Behold, I am this day 85 years old. I'm still as strong today as I was in that day that Moses sent me, and my strength now is as my strength was then for war and for coming and going. So, now give me this hill country of which the Lord spoke on that day, for you heard on that day how the Anakim were there with great fortified cities. It may be that the Lord will be with me, and I shall drive them out, just as the Lord said. Then Joshua blessed him, and he gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, for an inheritance. Now therefore, Hebron became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenzite, to this day, because he wholly followed the Lord, the God of Israel. Did you catch how many times wholly followed came out there? Three. You see, I think that in this passage we see some things here. One is Joshua wasn't afraid to claim the promise. He was going to take God for who God was. Okay? Hey, he was faithful. He wholly followed the Lord as God. I can't define for you what holy following the Lord your God looks like in totality. The Holy Spirit will do that with you in your heart. But I think we all have to ask ourselves constantly, are we holy following? Do we really believe that God is who he says he is? Do you recognize, he recognized how that the Lord had carried him through his life. There's a risk for all of us too many times to think that it's all about us. Okay? And that plays itself out by us thinking that, hey, we did this, you know? I did this. I did this. That plays itself out by thinking, I can't do this because the challenge is too big. The giants are too large. 
But the reality is it's not about us. It's about the God that we serve. And it's about how big we allow him to be in our life. Is there a problem that is too big for God? Is there a promise that he makes that he will not keep? Hmm? No. No. God keeps his promises. Caleb was now 85 years old. He'd been through the things that we've talked about. He'd had the disappointments. He'd experienced being set free from bondage. He'd walked this life for a long, long time. And he recognized the fact that it was all about God. It wasn't about him. And then he says, my strength now is as it was then. I believe that this, I believe he was physically strong, okay? At this point in time, I believe that God made him physically strong. God gave him the physical strength, no doubt, to wander a wilderness for 40 years. No doubt about that. But I want to suggest to you that perhaps what Caleb is saying here is something totally different. My strength is as it was then. Caleb's strength then was in the Lord. Caleb's strength when he stood up against the mob was in the Lord. Caleb's strength when he analyzed the promised land with the giants in it was in the Lord. Caleb's strength now was in the Lord not in himself. Our strength is where? It's in the Lord. Our strength is in the Lord. And if our strength is in the Lord, then who can stop us? I was in uh, India many years ago now, it feels like, and I was talking to a, uh, a young man who was pastoring, and I may have told this story before, so forgive me pastoring a church in India. And you know, there's quite a bit of persecution there. Not, I mean, a lot of persecution. And Paul John shared with us, he said, uh, I had a group. <laughs> I, I almost want to try to talk like him, but I can't. I had a group. Uh, <laughs> they came to my door, and they knocked on my door. And they said, basically, renounce Christ or we're going to kill you. And he looked at them, and he said, you can't kill me. I'm going to live forever. And they turned around and walked off. His strength was in the Lord. His understanding was that this is an eternal battle that we're engaged in, not a temporal one. His strength was in the Lord. Caleb recognized that. And then at the end, I have to tell you, Caleb continues to recognize the sovereignty of God. I call it, ever since, I think it was Matt Wallen who shared the message up here that time, but it just has stuck with me ever since then. I call it kind of the even if clause, you know. Caleb recognized, you know, hey, even if this doesn't work out, God's still God, you know. 
But it may be that the Lord will see, will be with me. Or maybe that was a hint of sarcasm. Because don't you know that for all those years in the wilderness, he was teaching? Don't you know he was leading? Don't you know that God was using him to shape his people? The people who were going to receive the promise? He recognized the sovereignty of God. There's more to the story. You know, after, after this happened and all, um, Caleb gave it away. Caleb passed it on to his descendants. That's in Joshua 15. We're not going to examine that here right now, but I wanted to mention it because, yeah, God promised it to Caleb and his descendants. But Caleb didn't hang on to it. He didn't hang on to it. He was a giver. He was a giver. There's, there's something that, that I think we have to recognize in, in this as we consider Caleb was the fact that he recognized that anything that he had, any land that he possessed, whatever, it was God's. It wasn't his. It was not about, it was not about him at all. So, I guess, you know, to wrap it up, I kind of would come back to this and tell you that um, I kind of have to process these and come back to where I started a little bit. So, what's the point? Why, why have I taken us down this road today? Why have I felt God's leadership to take us down this road today? And part of it is simply this. Um, I want us to be reminded God keeps his promises. God keeps his promises. God keeps his promises. I think we have to, as humans, remind ourselves of this time and time again. You know, if you bang on that loud enough, it'll wake people up. <laughs> so, uh, but I think we have to be reminded, God keeps his promises. He is true. It is a natural tendency to look at the promise and say, and have doubt, okay? To look at the promise and see the giants or see the obstacles or see the, our own human weakness and frailty up against that. God keeps his promises. God keeps his promises. So when we're faced with those situations, when we're faced with those challenges, when we know that God has called us to something else, you know, we have to remember what? God keeps his promises. And then another point is God keeps his promises in his time. In his time. We're not the boss of that. <laughs> Somebody one time, I forget who it was, they, they looked at me and said, you're not the boss of me. Well, that's curious because sometimes I think we do try to act like the boss of God. It's a scary thing for, to do, but God keeps his promises in his time. In his time. So while we wait... 
What are we to do? While we wait. Well, I tell you what we need to do while we wait. We need to be faithful. We need to be faithful. We need to be Caleb. Forty years. Man, he had not only he'd been in that land. Think about it. He'd been in that land. He had tasted its fruit. He had seen it. And then he had to wait. Forty years. So God keeps his promises in his time. Faithfulness is rewarded. Faithfulness is rewarded. And then the other, the other thing I think that when you think about what's the point of this for us is um, he is our strength. I doubt, I'm scanning the room here, looking for the perfect person. Let me scan again here real quick. Um, I doubt that there's anyone here that doesn't have challenges in their life. I doubt that there's anyone here that doesn't have giants that you face. I suspect there are many people here who... who are wondering if God has let them down or not, or if God loves them or not. God's not going to let you down, and God loves you. I think there are probably several of us here who are looking at this and saying, man, I am so weak. I am so weak. I'm tired. I've been waiting for a while. I'm tired. He is your strength. He's your only strength. He's your best strength. He gives us power over the giants that we face. Because see, Caleb took the land, 85 years old, wandered with a bunch of people for a long time in a wilderness. He took the land, but did he take it, or did God just hand it over to him in the fullness of time? You see, I think that's kind of the, the other thing, is ours at that point in time is simply to take God at his word. Caleb took God at his word. Caleb believed that God was who he said he was. And he lived his life accordingly. He made the decisions accordingly. He trusted God accordingly. And that's when I consider Caleb, that's what challenges me. You know? I was struck as that uh, stinky little boy that climbed out of the uh, pickup truck with the dust of that's the cow manure all over him, probably. By some of these great stories that I heard early on. And I continue to love those stories. God's writing a story, though, in each of your lives as well. 
Every one of our lives is a story. And he's writing it. And it's kind of an interactive story because there are choices that we get to make along the way that kind of kind of can direct us to what the next chapter is going to be. And sometimes there are choices that other people have made along the way that have an impact on us because that's what sin is. We live in a broken world and sin has impacts. But where that impact of sin that falls upon us from someone else, along with it comes God's grace which allows us to rise above it. So we're not... We're not held captive by that. But we each have a story. God's writing a story in each of our lives. I encourage you, embrace it, share it, and be faithful. And that's kind of the point of what I want to share with you today. There's, there's like a picnic set up out in the fellowship hall out there. I mean, and there are, there are more hamburgers and hot dogs than McDonald's has. Well, McDonald's doesn't sell hot dogs, do they? Who sells hot dogs? That's, maybe somebody should open up a hot dog stand. Uh, I encourage you to stay in fellowship today. <clears throat> I encourage you as the week goes along to consider Caleb, Okay. Read some of this again. Consider him. Consider how this might apply to your life. And I thank you for uh, allowing me just to share a little bit, very ineffectively, I think, of what God's been speaking to me about in my own life as I consider Caleb and the example that he set and the challenges that are before us. So let me pray, and then let's go eat, okay? Father, I thank you for uh, your word. I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for uh, this example that we see in your word of one who wholly follows you, Lord. I pray that um, you would strengthen us. I pray, Lord, that you would guide us. I pray, Lord, that, that all of us, Lord, would wholly follow, would completely trust, and would just... Uh, and in, while doing it, recognize that you are God and we are not, and that it's about you and not us. So, Lord, as we go this week, um, strengthen us for those encounters that we have. Help us to be aware, Lord, of those who need you, those who need the encouragement, those who need to know, Lord, that you love them and that you want a relationship with them. Father, I just, I, I just thank you for the privilege of sharing your word today. I ask that you would guide us throughout this week.